On today's episode of the Locked On the Louisville podcast, it's all about list cuts. We'll talk about Kylan Fox, Tyshawn Griffin, and the Louisville women's basketball team defeating the Miami Hurricanes on Thursday evening. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. Also, do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. Um, I want to take this time to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder that the Locked On the Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. As I mentioned, we're going to be talking a lot about list cuts on today's episode of the show, beginning with Kylan Fox, the top 100 prospect in the 2024 class, and whether or not Louisville can regain the momentum it lost in that recruitment. We'll talk about three-star um, Illinois prospect Tyshawn Griffin, including Louisville in his top 10. And then to conclude the show, we'll talk about the Louisville women's basketball team's victory over Miami at the KFCM Center on Thursday evening behind two very key performances from both Haley Van Lith and Mikasa Robinson. Beginning on the um, football recruiting side of things, um, for those who follow Louisville football recruiting, the name Kylan Fox is one that probably rings a bell. If you follow it, you know, semi-closely, closely. This is probably a name that you've been familiar with, and you've probably been familiar with this name for quite some time. It's an interesting recruitment for one main reason, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. But for those who don't know who Kylan Fox is, he is um, a top 100 prospect in the 2024 class, uh, ranked as the 86th best player according to 24-7 Sports the 10th best athlete and the 16th best prospect in the state of Georgia projects to be a tight end at the next level, six foot four, 208 pound, um, you know, prospect from the Loganville, Georgia area and, um, a star of Grayson high school. The main thing, granted, let me go ahead and say that he narrowed his list for the first time. It was 15 schools, um, South Carolina, uh, let's see, South Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi, Florida, Auburn, Louisville, Georgia Tech, Cincinnati, Miami, Ohio State, Florida State, Colorado, Stanford, and North Carolina. I will say this, narrowing a list to 15 is kind of almost like not narrowing a list at all, right? Um, because I don't know why my nose keeps itching. Um, but like I mentioned, narrowing a list to 15, that's, that's a big list cut. Right. Um, so Louisville being included in this mix, I mean, it's good news because it beats the alternative of not being included in this list. But for calling a spade a spade, it's not all that significant in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't necessarily mean that Louisville is at the forefront of this recruitment like they were. And what I mentioned as you know the one key reason why this is an interesting recruitment, because let's put it this way. When Scott Satterfield left Louisville in early December, there weren't many prospects whose recruitments were truly affected. One of them that was, was Ruben Bain, the high four-star prospect from the Miami area, um, was possibly a Louisville lean and ended up going elsewhere. Another key prospect that 
whose recruitment was directly affected by Scott Satterfield um, leaving the Cardinals program was Kylan Fox. Through the tea leaves, what many pieced together is that there was a perception that Kylan Fox was going to commit to Louisville had Scott Satterfield stayed at the helm of the Cardinals program. He had announced that there was going to be an announcement, a special announcement that was going to be made um, in the near term. This was back in um, November, I believe, when he made that um, announcement that there was going to be an announcement. And a lot of people, some people thought it was going to be a list cut, um, you know, a, a top three. But others took it as Louisville is the unwritten leader in this one. And there was going to be a good chance. A lot of people thought that Fox was going to commit to Louisville. It was just a matter of time. Scott Satterfield leaves, and things change. Obviously, Fox lays off of a possible commitment um, and weighs his options. Um, Still, that didn't take away the interaction between the fan base and Fox on Twitter. Um, Fox, I believe, went out on record on social media and said that, you know, he would still be interested in Louisville, but he hadn't heard from Jeff Brom and the coaching staff. That has changed, to my knowledge. I assume that uh, Fox has since heard from Louisville, um, you know, player that comes from Grayson High School, where Victone Brown came from in the 2021 class. So, there's a lot of familiarity, you know, with that program that's very historic down in the Loganville, Georgia area in central Georgia um, and the Louisville program, right? So now the question is, can Louisville get that momentum back? Can they get into a spot to where they can get a possible commitment from Kylan Fox? There's a lot of SEC teams on this list. Don't discredit Cincinnati as well. Um, you know, a lot of people will say that, um, you know, Louisville is in a position that they're in, you know, mainly in part due to the NIL structure that they have in place. That's fine. I'll agree with it. I, I think that that is true um, to an extent. But Cincinnati being included in this list shows that there definitely was a relationship with, um, you know, with Scott Satterfield and some of the members of the previous coaching staff. So the main question is, can Louisville get back into the driver's seat in this recruitment? Um, and it would be huge. You know, uh, class after the Cardinals reel in a very impressive tight end prospect in Jamari Johnson, they look to repeat the um, simply like repeat the trend and go out and get another highly rated guy. Like I mentioned, Fox is ranked as a top 100 player according to 24-7 sports, a little bit lower rated according to the composite, ranked as the 200th best player. But reminds me a lot of Jamari Johnson in the way that he plays. Um, The only difference is that Fox plays on both sides of the football, plays as a defensive end, as Jamari Johnson was more so a Swiss Army knife on offense, utilized in Wildcat quarterback situations. But both of them have some in common, and that is that they are utilized many different ways as a pass catcher, Uh, both out wide and as a traditional tight end. Um, you know, I can see Jamari Johnson being utilized uh, both out wide and in an H-back role, like how Marshawn Ford was used at Louisville. And I can also see Kylan Fox following suit. So that makes a ton of sense here for Louisville. Obviously, you know, one tight end's not going to cut it. 
this is a position moving forward that Louisville needs to continue to address. Uh, at this point in time, it wouldn't surprise me if they went the grad transfer route in this offseason specifically to try to address those numbers and make sure that Jamar Johnson doesn't have to be the starter right away. Um, but Kylan Fox, obviously you want to add um, top prospects at top positions every single class, and this makes a lot of sense for Louisville. Um, it's just a matter of trying to get that momentum back. For Fox, um, I think that tight end is a position that is utilized heavily in a Jeff Brom offense, maybe even more so than um, an offense of Scott Satterfield, you know, so on and so forth. So I think that this will make a lot of sense for Fox. Obviously, there's something that is right about the University of Louisville if, in fact, the rumors were true that um, you know Fox was ready to commit to Louisville before Scott Satterfield left. So that's kind of the elephant in the room at the moment is can that um, you know relationship strengthen to the point to where you know we're in a similar situation. Um, you know it's going to be about getting him back on a visit in the spring, um, you know on an official visit in the summer and trying to get this recruitment wrapped up sooner rather than later and trying to fend off the SEC schools um, nearing signing day. So ultimately, I think that um, I like where Louisville sits. It's encouraging to see them included in the mix. Um, obviously, it's going to be on Brom and company to strengthen that relationship with the current regime that's in place at the University of Louisville in the coaching staff. Um, but I'm extremely excited. You know, Kylan Fox is a very, very solid tight end prospect that can play out wide as well. Very versatile pass catcher, you know, six foot four, utilizes his size very well, moves very well for his uh, size as well, and um, very, very athletic. Um, especially downfield, has a very deceptive second level of speed um, through the second half of the defense. So ultimately, I think that this is a recruitment that you like where Louisville sits, but um, you're going to have to try to get that momentum back. So um, I want to talk about another player that um, included Louisville in his top list cut. That is Tyshawn Griffin from the Chicago area, the 2024 um, athlete is ranked as a top 400 prospect and the Louisville Cardinals have made the list. We'll talk about uh, that recruitment here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, we're past the midway point of the NBA season and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Um, I'm a big Houston Rockets fan, so um, all even though it's been a tough season, I still like to see the spread, the money line, the points totals, even player props for Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., so on and so forth. There's even you know bets centered around how many three-pointers can be made in the first three minutes. It's very, very unique and specific. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets uh, when you go FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place, plus hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Heading right on along into the second segment of the show, we just talked about Kylan Fox, including Louisville in his top 15. Tyshawn Griffin included Louisville in his top 10, along with Tennessee, Maryland, Michigan State, Illinois, Wisconsin, Missouri, 
Arkansas, Nebraska, Purdue, and of course, the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, Tyshawn Griffin from the Chicago area, 2024 prospect, ranked as the 377th best prospect in the country, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, the 49th best athlete, and the 9th best prospect in the state of Illinois. 5'11", 165-pound um, versatile athlete from Morgan Park High School in Chicago. What former Louisville Cardinal starred at Morgan Park High School? Wayne Blackshear, a blast from the past. I actually saw Wayne Blackshear play uh, for Morgan Park against uh, Ryan Taylor, if you remember that name, from Western High School back when they were both in high school. But regardless, of uh, that's getting a little bit off topic. But um, a high school that is at least familiar with the University of Louisville um, as a whole, Tyshawn Griffin, a Swiss Army knife, so to speak, for Morgan Park, uh, lined up at running back, wide receiver, and defensive back for Chicago Morgan Park, um, so thus being listed as an athlete. But um, according to Alan True of 24-7 Sports, says Griffin is a 5'11", 165-pound prospect who has experience at running back and wide receiver, but figures to be a college defensive back. Uh, he goes on to say, um, this is a quote from Griffin, um, I don't have them set up, them meaning spring visits, but I'll be visiting some schools. I don't know which yet. I'm still debating if I want to commit in the summer, but that's the plan. Um, so obviously there is some urgency because um, summer is just a couple months away. Um, visited Purdue and Wisconsin back in January. Um, also uh, been to Michigan State and Illinois. So right in the Midwest, in the heart of Big Ten country, there's no surprise that there's a lot of Big Ten schools in his top ten. Um, Tyshawn Griffin, like I mentioned, 5'11", 165 pounds. Very, very explosive with the football in his hands as a ball carrier and as a pass catcher. Um so how does that translate over to him possibly being a defensive back at the next level? When you watch his film, obviously he's got that explosiveness and that speed. Um, when you watch him as a defensive back, I think the ability to high point the football and his solid um, you know, use of hands um, directly benefits his um, case of being a collegiate defensive back. But you must wonder, with a player that's that versatile, Will he truly be a defensive back at the next level? Sure, he can plan to be a defensive back, but until you get on campus, until you get into fall camp and start practicing with the team, I, I think that you know there's always going to be a question mark as to you know how is he going to be viewed at the next level? Are schools looking to um, you know recruit him as a defensive back? More specifically, how does Jeff Brom and company view Tyshawn Griffin? Is he a defensive back? Is he a versatile Swiss Army knife on offense? Potentially both. Potentially to be determined. That's obviously um, something in the air, um, but the main thing, and I feel like a broken record when I say this every single time that I say it, but with a summer uh, planned commitment, it's going to be critical that Louisville gets a visit in the spring. If they don't, I don't necessarily think they're going to be a major player in this recruitment Um but like I said, it's going to be an uphill battle. You're going to have to go up against uh, some solid Big Ten schools, uh, Wisconsin, Purdue, um, so on and so forth. Uh, Wisconsin with um, you know Luke Fickle now. Um, Wisconsin offered back January 19th, and he went to Junior Day um, up in Madison. So you would have to think that 
excuse me, that the Badgers program sits in a very favorable spot, at least early on. So um, it, it seems like this could go either way. I think that the telltale sign obviously is going to be whether or not the Cardinals get a visit. Top 10's almost like top 15, right? It's hard to truly pull a ton of significance from it, but you can do so more from a top 10 than you can a top 15, even though top 10's still a ton of schools. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's February 23rd. Summer can mean anywhere from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Uh, but it seems like he wants to make a decision before senior year, or, or at least before the senior season. So you'd have to assume that you're probably looking July. I, I would just probably throw a dart at a board and say July would be my prediction when you're going to see a commitment from Tyshawn Griffin. But a very highly rated prospect, top 400 According to the 24-7 sports composite, very versatile. I think that that's going to be something that works to his advantage because if for some reason it doesn't work out at the defensive back level for Griffin uh, in college, he still has that um, you know production from high school as a versatile playmaker on offense. Um, you know, Very explosive with the ball in his hands, has a very, very elite an explosive first step gets into that second level of the defense almost effortlessly. And once he gets into that second level, it's hard to bring him down, um, but used as a slot receiver as well. So, um, and what better way to utilize a versatile skill set on offense than being in a Jeff Braun offense where we saw Rondell Moore, David Bell, Charlie Jones, so on and so forth. But like Allen said from 24 seven sports projecting as a defensive back. And if that holds true, well, that makes a lot of sense for Louisville because they're going to be taking multiple defensive backs in this class, you would assume, because um, they did address what they needed in the transfer portal, and there's possibly still some more defensive backs to be added in the transfer portal. We'll talk about that um, you know, here in the next couple of days, a possible name that has surfaced, possible Louisville native coming back home, but I digress. That's a, a discussion for a different time. Um you know, you brought in guys like Gilbert Frierson from Miami, who's a grad transfer. Um, you know, some other guys that are, you know, grad transfers. Um, but regardless, still, you need to continue to address depth. You need to probably take a couple more defensive backs, especially. Um, I think, you know, as a defensive back, he probably projects more as a cornerback than a safety, in my opinion. I think he does a good job of pressing at the line of scrimmage. Solid, um, you know, uh, ability to go stride for stride with quick receivers because he is a quick receiver. So um, I think that that footwork, that um, change of direction ability, that uh, quickness, that ability to high point the football and his solid hands really puts him as or puts him at an advantage, but such a versatile skill to have to be able to play both sides of the football and play them very, very well. So this is going to be a recruitment to focus on moving forward for the Cardinals. Um, can they go into the heart of Big Ten country and defeat a bunch of Big Ten schools for a premier prospect in the Chicago area? Um, that is yet to be seen. The main thing now to focus on is will Global get a visit? Um, but that's going to wrap up the football talk on today's episode of the show. We're now going to transition into women's basketball. 
um, where the Cardinals continued or created a new winning streak by defeating the Miami Hurricanes in the second-to-last game of the season. Uh, we'll talk about the big performances from Mikasa Robinson and Haley Van Lith here in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to say thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week, including on YouTube, WHAS 11+, plus, so on and so forth. We are nearing episode number 350 for the podcast. So um, very, very appreciative. I can't begin to express my gratitude uh, for each and every one of you that share, subscribe, listen, rate the podcast on whatever streaming service you utilize for those that interact and share it on social media. Um, I'm very, very grateful. So, But still a segment to go. The Louisville women's basketball team created a winning streak on Thursday evening, defeating the... um, the uh, Miami Hurricanes, let's see, 71 to 57. The Cardinals moved to 21 and 9 on the year, 12 and 5 in conference play. Now, winners of their past two after defeating Boston College on the road in the um, away finale. They now turn their attention to the regular season finale, senior day against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. But we'll talk about the victory against the Miami Hurricanes. Main thing for the Cardinals in this one, two big performances individually. The first one was from Haley Van Lith. A game-high 25 points on 9 of 17 shooting, 4 of 9 from the field, 3 of 3 from the free throw line to go along with four rebounds. Um, Played 39 of 40 possible minutes. Fantastic scoring the basketball. Set the tone for the Cardinals. But... In my opinion, the main story was Mikasa Robinson. Um, my good friend Alan Thomas, good friend of the show, a personal good friend of mine, tweeted out something that I found very interesting. Since Jeff Walls uh, inserted Mikasa Robinson into the starting lineup, the Cardinals are 5-1. and one. The only loss coming to that, um, you know, that loss at Notre Dame, which seemed like a travel on the final play, definitely was a travel on the final play, but I digress. Um... Five and one since implementing Mikasa Robinson into the starting lineup, and this evening had a very fantastic performance. Twelve points, five of nine. I'm sorry, six of nine from the field to go along with nine rebounds, seven assists, one steal, and one block. Um, Thirty-five of forty minutes. Um, I think that she's playing very, very exceptional. Uh, very solid defense in this one. Um, offensively was a spark. In the starting lineup, something that the Cardinals had been needing, you know, from a consistency standpoint. But look, I'm going to talk about this at the conclusion of the season because I truly believe this. And I tweeted it out as well. I don't think it is hyperbolic to suggest that Mikasa Robinson is one of the most important players in the global women's basketball program history. Some people will look at that and say, well, Dalton, she's averaging six points a game as a fifth-year senior. Sure. I get it. Statistics in the box scores do not tell the tale here. We're talking about one tremendous leader. A tenacious lockdown and overall cohesive defender. And, well, let's just call it how it is. The number one player in program history in most games played in an individual career. Now, granted, she had the opportunity to utilize a COVID year, so a fifth year of you know being able to play. So um, not everybody got that luxury, so worth noting. But the point still stands. Mikasa Robinson has been a key 
piece to the puzzle that is Louisville women's basketball's success over the past four and a half seasons, or I guess nearly five seasons now. She has been instrumental from an individual defensive standpoint, a team defensive standpoint, an intangible standpoint. Jeff Walls basically said it. She is everything that Louisville basketball stands for. That toughness, that grit, that outwork everybody else by all means necessary. Mikasa Robinson is one of the most important and valuable players in program history. It's going to be seen. Now, granted, Louisville is going to reload. But Mikasa Robinson is not a player you're going to be able to replace easily. You're going to see when she's gone just how big of an impact that she made on this program for the past handful of seasons. That's my opinion. We'll have an episode on it here in the next couple of weeks. Um, Liz Dixon, another solid performance off the bench. A double-double, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Something that the Cardinals need to continue to get from Dixon. She was 6 of 10 from the field. Uh, 31 minutes led all front court members in minutes. So that's something to focus on here. Um, extremely excited. All eyes now turn to senior day. Louisville looking to avenge a road loss to Notre Dame and conclude the regular season on a high note before heading to the ACC tournament. Um, the Cardinals will take on the Fighting Irish at noon on Sunday. If you can, pack the yum um, to send a farewell to Morgan Jones, Chris Lynn Carr, Josie Williams, um, Mikasa Robinson, Liz Dixon, so on and so forth. I think Narika Kono as well is technically a senior, I do believe. She's been here for four seasons, so I guess she technically can come back if she wants. Um, but I wonder if she's going to be recognized on senior day or if she's going to come back for another year or even if she is going to be recognized on senior day she still has that ability to come back but talked about kylan fox and tyshawn griffin cutting their lists respectively including louisville in those list cuts and talk about louisville women's basketball team creating their own winning streak this time against miami that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show thanks for tuning in we'll see you back here really soon